right, so with that, we say welcome back to the studio, Lagos Talks 91.3 FM, right here in the heart of Lagos, I dare say, on 26 Cafe Street, or right here in Ikoyi, Lagos. How has the morning been so far for the kids? Uh, that was uh, Auntie Maureen on Bubbly Bob, and like she says, we're going digital on Bubbly Bob. We want you to participate, not just uh, by uh, listening in every Saturday, but by sending in your comments and participating online as well. So do send in your parents. Let your parents, parents, if you're listening now and you want your children to, uh, you know, develop uh, beyond the classroom, get to know a lot more things uh, that they wouldn't learn in class, interact and develop certain skills that is required. Send your uh, WhatsApp message to the number 0701-648-0004. That's 0004. Take that number again, 0701-648-0004. And with that, we say let's get straight into our conversation today. It's the conversation right here on Lagos Talks 91.3 FM. And on the conversation today, we're having a guest. And uh, what we're looking at is we're looking at Nigeria as a nation. Are we, do we even, um, well... Are we ready for the kind of Nigeria we want? And also, how can we get this kind of Nigeria that we say we want? How can we get it to function? How can we get Nigeria to function for everybody? We are having a discussion uh, with someone that has an in-depth knowledge of Nigeria and can do uh, adequate analysis and comparison looking at events that happen in other parts of the world, particularly Africa, where they have similar issues and similar challenges. And uh, let's see if we can learn anything from them uh, as a nation. But right now, let's look at this. Nigeria is a country of rich intellectuals, game changers, innovators. Its uh, soil is fertile, very productive, and rich in minerals. Yet, for over 60 years, Nigeria remains a nation with enormous potentials. That is very sad. It, after six years, we're still talking about just potentials. It grows in population, gross domestic, domestic products, and other relevant and uh, irrelevant uh, parameters were hardly ever developed. We are about six months away from elections, uh, another election cycle, new faces attempt, but old faces emerge. <laughs> that has been our story for so long. How do we get Nigerians to stop to read the Book of Lamentations? And uh, probably take a glimpse at the book of Acts, where actual steps are taken. You know, you act on what you say. A new book where, uh, written by uh, Erudite Scholar, that's what I'd like us to look at, uh, a researcher and development expert, perfectly describes this, and uh, he puts it in this way. Nigeria, democracy without development, how to fix it? This has been a, a question we've asked ourselves for so long. And uh, this morning, I have uh, the author joining us right here, uh, on online and um, to discuss the solutions to Nigeria's challenges. Who, in your view, is the best candidate and how do we move Nigeria forward? My guest this morning is uh, the author of the book, Nigeria, Democracy Without Development, How to Fix It. He's a visiting associate professor of practice at the University of Johannesburg, South Africa. He's a one-time advisor to the African National Congress, the leading and ruling party in South Africa, and currently the special advisor on research and special programs to the Cardinal State Governor, El Rufai. His name is Mr. Uh, Dr. Rather. Omano Edigeji. 
Good morning, sir. And how are you doing today? Welcome to the show. Good morning, Kyle. Good morning to the listeners. Mm, great. And uh, how are you today? I'm fine. I, I'm uh, the most beautiful city in the country, <laughs> uh, Kaduna. And uh, I invite you and uh, the listener to come to come to Kaduna and see what uh, uh, leadership can do. Uh, Governor Rufai have uh, built a new state. Mm. He's, uh, he's the uh, father of modern Kaduna. Uh, there is a great uh, infrastructural development that is, go, uh, that is taking place uh, across the state. Uh, even his uh, uh, so-called enemies uh, acknowledge uh, uh, what uh, he has done in the last uh, in the last uh, uh, seven years plus. But I will use that as an entry point mm. to try to uh, address the challenges that uh, confront us as a country. Yes. Yeah. Uh, before we were born, uh, Nigeria was said and continues to be said to be a country of great potential. Okay. And you have pointed out uh, we have minerals, uh, oil, one of the largest oil producers in the world. Uh, but more importantly, we have the greatest asset that can make any country develop, which is human capital. We have numbers, but the, uh, we have not been able to take uh, advantage of both uh, our oil wealth as well as our greatest asset, our people. And, and to, uh, that is attributable, and that is the root. Uh, 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 there are two root causes uh, to this. Uh, the first is institution, and I will elaborate on that. And the second is leadership. Uh, almost every country that has developed have robust development oriented institutions uh, you have institutions with that have one the organizational capacity the technical capacity and a political elite that have the political will to change the direction of their country. Okay. Now, but uh, before you continue down that line of thoughts, I, I like the way you started that. We started, I mean, buttressing it that we, we used to be being a country of potentials. We have all the takes. We have the people that go out of the world and to the world and they transform and they do great things that set new records, chart new courses. But just one very simple and direct question. Can Nigeria be fixed, or are we too far gone to be repaired? Yeah, the, the there is always an opportunity. Uh, what happened yesterday, you may not be able to change that, 
but you can change what happens today and tomorrow. Mm. So uh, today can be a foundation for a new Nigeria. And that will depend on what every Nigeria uh, do in his or her little corner. But at the end of the day, you need a national uh, leadership. So, and that's why the next election uh, will be very critical. The, uh, the person elected as, as the president, with that person have a development agenda to say, look, let us div uh, diversify the economy. Let us build our industry. Let us begin to produce what we consume and let us invest in the Nigerian people. Uh, if then it should not just be that, and that's why I talked about uh, uh, institutions. Uh, that leadership, uh, the, uh, the president that will be elected will be key. But you need also, uh, you need to have a national assembly that will be able uh, to also be a driver and supportive at the same time of uh, the agenda that the president uh, will come up with and uh, and his team and um, also they should also originate because they are uh, uh, they are also leaders they are leaders so they should be able to come up with uh, laws not only executive law uh, bills but laws uh, that they, that emanate from the national assembly uh, sponsored by uh, individual members of the national assembly uh, to be able to change the direction of the country uh, then at the state level because uh, most people we all focus uh, in abuja mm. uh, what is happening in lagos and what is happening in kaduna i will argue strongly is because of the kind of leadership that uh, that uh, we have in both uh, of both those states. Uh, of, of, in both states. Okay. Yes. So uh, we should not just focus in who becomes the, pres uh, the president. It is key because if you have a president that uh, wants to squander the resources of the country, that does uh, that doesn't give a damn uh, uh, in the current overcentralization mm. of, uh, of of the country, it will impact. On what, uh, on the ability of the state okay. to do what, to do one of, uh, uh, to really pursue a strong developmental uh, agenda. agenda. All right. Yeah. Now, so, now, but critical yes, leadership is key. Okay. Now, you say yeah. leadership is key, but I, I'm just looking at the case of Nigeria, where okay, now the world is going through uh, a kind of economic re regression because of you know influenced by covid by the ukraine russia attack and a couple of other uh things that are happening in the world and nigeria a country like nigeria which is not prepared is not able to withstand this so it's having a huge effect on the people what i mean is in the uk in the u.s government has come up with different mechanisms and policies to 
mitigate the pressure. But we are unable to do that because you don't even have a strong enough reserve. Now, you've consulted for a couple of countries or in Africa, you have access to uh, government styles and government, different governments in Africa. Uh, how peculiar is Nigeria's case in this that we're, we're not getting it right? No, uh, I prefer to take a, glo- a global uh, comparative uh, uh, look you know, at an, analysis. The, re- the reason I spoke about uh, Africa, if, if I may, is because we can say there, for example, everybody has been hit. But the UK, I have some friends there who were given, uh, is it tax return or gas refund for money they spent on gas. We are not able to do that here. Gas is going up. Petrol is going up, diesel is going up, government is able to say, okay, take this. So I feel if we compare with them, it might not be very balanced. But coming to Africa where we have similarities, but that doesn't say you can't compare with them. I'm just saying, looking at Africa and, you know, letting us understand. Okay, let me just give you one or two, uh, let me uh, uh, give you an example of uh, of, uh, South Africa. Okay. Um, When the co- uh, due to the COVID uh, outbreak and the lockdown that was imposed, yes, uh, a lot of people uh, lost their means of uh, livelihood. Mm. So what the government did, which was grossly inadequate, was uh, to pay people monthly. Uh, 350 rand per month. Hmm. Uh, I think they have just, uh, and that it, it lasted for about uh, two years. Okay. Uh, but uh, the government could not expand it more uh, because you can't have uh, a, a social protection scheme. Hmm that is not anchored on an economy that is growing. Mm, okay. That is not anchored on an economy that uh, produces goods and services and an economy that is able to compete mm. uh, uh, gl- uh, globally. Uh, in the case of Nigeria, we actually don't uh, we, we, we don't uh, we don't have that okay uh, primarily because if you look at uh, if you look at our, our foreign uh, at the the methods of our foreign exchange it's higher uh, every Nigerian uh, is dependent on oil so that is one then to where you look at those uh, if you look at South Africa yeah uh, the number of people the percentage of the population that pay their tasks it's very high. Uh, in Nigeria, Nigerians don't like to pay their taxes. The percentage is very low. Mm. Of uh, So we have to increase our tax base uh, for government to be able to do the things that Nigerians uh, wanted to do. We want, free educa- uh, we want free education. We want uh, good rules. We want uh, everything world class. But we are not prepared. Nigerians are not also coming to, uh, coming to the table. Uh, yes, they will say uh, even the money that uh, 
that uh, accrued uh, to uh, to government uh, is a is a best uh, is a, a pocketed by few individuals. Mm. That is a legitimate uh, concern, mm. and that is why uh, building robust institutions, uh, for example, strengthening our anti-corruption uh, agency like EFCC, the uh, I, is it ICP, uh, ICPC, but also uh, also the police. Uh, we need to strengthen all those institutions for them to be able to do uh, uh, their work. Their work what well. Now, now uh, what you're saying about institution, then the question is how do we strengthen institutions? What are the things to do? Is it at the federal level, local government level? What? How do we strengthen institutions such that they are more accountable and the people can reap the dividends of democracy? The, uh, the starting point of uh, building a strong uh, institution first would be uh, have a developmental elite that will be committed to an agenda of development hmm. and then build institutions that will enable it to achieve its developmental goals so what is the starting point the starting point is the recruitment process you recruit people purely based on merit hmm. um, purely based on merit and a measurable indicator of that is everybody must take the same exam and mm. entry exam uh, and you are recruited based on your performance uh, uh, in the in the entrance uh, examination Exams, yeah. the, con- the contest where we have uh, uh, the children of big men and big women uh, going through the back door to enter the, uh, the public service does not in any way encourage, uh, uh, actually undermines meritocratic recruitment of public uh, of public servants. Mm. So that is key. Um, and, and why? Let me just try to link that with development. Uh, if uh, you are recruited in the public service based on your performance okay. in the entrance examination and I am recruited because of the connections that I have because my father uh, is a governor or uh, is, is a big man in society what is called uh, and it is in the army it is called spirit the call. Mm. That spirit of collegiality uh, will not be there. Then, too, uh, we have seen uh, in the democratic dispensation where the public service was a, a playground for for political talks, mm. and they have no capacity to contribute. Uh, you, you know, uh, so more like job know, for the boys. Job for the boys, yeah. yeah. Uh, 
uh, their productivity is very low. They can't in any way uh, contribute to the development agenda. So today, uh, across the country, you will see directors who cannot even write a memo. Mm. Right? Uh, they don't even under, uh, understand why they are in government in the first place. Uh, you tell them, you are doing this project, what is the objective of the project? Uh, what are the steps you have to take to ensure the project is uh, implemented? And what did you achieve? And what is the outcome? Mm. Most Nigerian civil servants will not be able to tell you that. So let me bring that to, uh, to the second point. After bureauc- uh, meritocratic recruitment, yeah. public servants need to be promoted, need to have a long-term career, predictable long-term career. Okay. But don't, don't they have that now? Uh, uh, it, uh, we really do not uh, have that because what, what happened in the public? How do you measure predictable career part? Uh, is that to be promoted, it, it also has to be based on merit. Mm. And it has to be tied to your performance. And you do an entrance examination. Uh, so they will take, for example, let me say I take Malaysia, for example. Okay. They will take, let's say, it's a vacancy for a director. From the rank of deputy directors, they will look at, say, those that have scored 75% and above. Hmm. Then all of those who score that, we sit for a promotion examination administered by an independent body a government body oh okay uh, uh, yeah the national school of uh, go- uh, of uh, government uh, it is called untag uh, they will do an, uh, an examination and based on that you are promoted but it is nigeria uh, and in the Nigeria contest, that is not the case. Hmm. What we seem to have is a promotion is routine. So hmm. civil servants will sit uh, on their seat for they will sit on their seat. They know after three years they will be promoted irrespective of their performance. Yeah. So yeah. We, we need to be able to. Uh, so that is. So what, what you are saying is promotion must be earned not a given because at the end of the day you know that like like uh like uh there's this popular saying that which means that whether the the master makes money or not the guy helping the master to carry his stuff will always get his money so that's the kind of mentality they have whether i work or not at the end of the day i get my promotion as long as so it's more of a long service reward yes Okay. Uh, so, okay. Uh, and that, uh, so and so um, the Nigerian civil servants have master an act, mm. which is the master the public service rules, mm. and the entrance examination that they do t- today 
uh, is basically based on how they master the public service rules. But that, that shouldn't be the case. Mm. Your performance should be based on how you are able to contribute to the development agenda of your MDA. Of your MDA, right? Uh, yes. So, uh, if your ministry is supposed to uh, to drive, say, the digital uh, economy, you are promoted on the basis on how you are able, on how the ministry okay. perform. Uh, uh, then we also have uh, 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 this reminds me uh, ministers should have a performance based contract mm. with the president okay. and if they don't perform they are fired uh, they are recruited by the Nigerian people uh, they should be we should be able to uh, the president should put a mechanism in, in place to evaluate their performance mm. and this uh, the outcome of that performance uh, should be made open to nigerians to say okay this minister is uh, uh, has performed or he has not uh, performed Perform. but yeah. we have a, we have a situation where once you are appointed and even if you go to sleep for the whole of your tenure Nothing happens to you. Hmm, so we need to put a performance uh, system in place for ministers, for advisors, for head of of uh, for other head of uh, department. Uh, tells our department, yeah, yeah. Agents, yes, okay. agents. Uh, if we don't have that, um, we are going to be where we are. We are. All right, this is what we'll do. Um, we let, Let's look at um, the Cardinal experience. Your GDP has grown by, uh, is it over 50% or what? It's between the time you came into government. Now I think it's around, uh, what was your current GDP in Cardinal State? Uh, IGR, sorry, I said GDP, IGR. Oh, yes. Uh, I think our IGR is about uh, 57 uh, Yeah. Uh, billion uh, dollars, mm. uh, and uh, our co- we, we have a, pro- uh, a, a, proje- a projection of uh, 150 that, billion. Uh, uh, that um, uh, in a, a couple of years' time, uh, basically, we'll be able to take uh, from IGR, we should be able to take off our recurrent expenditure, mm. we should be able to pay that, includes paying uh, this public servants uh, uh, in the state without depending on FAC allocation. Let me just tell you uh, what we did. Okay, please do. When uh, the governor came in, one of the first things uh, uh, he did was to reorganize and restructure uh, our revenue col- uh, collection uh, agency okay and employ professionals to run it and put an enabling law that gives them the necessary power to undertake uh, their tasks Mm. to complement that the the revenue collection agency 
digitalize aid activities. Okay. And that has really boosted our AGR. There are six things we are putting in place to ensure that we increase our, uh, our AGR, okay. like uh, our investment drive. Uh, it's not for the what I call the micro conditioning, uh, which is the Nigerian climate, uh, okay. in, uh, investment climate in general, and the security that uh, we have in the country, including Kaduna. Uh, if not um, for those two factors, uh, you will see that our AGR will be about a hundred billion. Uh, by now. Yeah, you, you've projected 150 billion for two years, but even before that, your idea when you came into government, I think, was around 11 point something to 12 billion. And yes, yes I remember the last time I checked your idea, I think, was last year when it was 50, was it 52 or so? But now you're saying it's 57 billion. Um, it what did you do beyond just reorganizing? the tax regime and the collection process because in nigeria today what you hear is that <laughs> states do not have the power to make economic impute in the in to the nation but if you are able to increase your igr from 11 billion or let's say 12 approximately to uh almost 60 billion in eight years what are the things that you did that other states can uh, learn from but more importantly do the states have the capacity to currently contribute to the economy of the nation uh, well Kaduna state uh, uh, we are doing that we are contributing to the economy of uh, the nation we are attracting a considerable uh, level of investment mm. the the first uh, 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 the first steel uh, manufacturing uh, plant uh, in Nigeria, uh, would be uh, would be commissioned uh, soon, and yeah. uh, it was part of our investment uh, drive. But what are some of the other things that we did? Uh, the states can do a number of things, but they don't want. They are either unwilling to do it, or they don't know what to do. Let me give you one major source of revenue uh, stream: okay. land. Land in every state is owned by the state. Uh, and Nigerians, and they are supposed to charge a grand rent yearly. But most states don't do that. Uh, we have digitalized our land administration uh, system. So uh, we look at the records. If you have not uh, paid, uh, we'll send you an invoice and give you a timeline uh, to pay. Hmm. So that's one of the things that we do. Okay. Then another thing that we do that some states don't do, or I don't know whether they do it, uh, as I said, Nigerians, including companies, don't want to pay their taxes. And we have had to to go to some companies, including banks, and close them up until they pay their taxes to the state government. I see. So all, all of that, and you need the political will to be able to do that. And so you have to use a, a, a stick and carrot uh, approach within the ambit of the law, because the law, uh, you know, allow us 
to be able, uh, to, be able to, 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 to do that. Mm. And uh, once you lock up a company or a bank, they will come and negotiate. To say, okay, we'll pay, either they will pay immediately or they will pay instrumentally. But, but before you continue you on that, that, I wouldn't like you to lose your line of thought, but I just, it's important I throw this in. Before you continue on other things that you did, uh, you talk about this tax and how people need to come and negotiate. But how do you cut out the middleman such that they won't collect the money and have the company run continuously as it is done in some other states and even in the federal government areas? There have been that accusation that I've paid this and, you know, maybe you're, you're meant to pay $20 billion. Uh, naira for that month or 20 million naira and you just give 2 million naira to the guy he gives you the receipt or whatever the documentation and it's done Where have you been able to cut that out to manage that aspect yes yes uh, what we do in Kaduna State uh, one it is illegal our law make it illegal for anybody to pay uh, to collect cash uh, you pay to the bank mm. and it goes to the TS uh, uh, if you recall uh, Kaduna State uh, is the first state in the country to introduce the TSA mm, okay. so, subsequently uh, the federal government uh, also adopted the, uh, the TSA. TSA so you pay you don't go to the agency to pay if you go to the agency uh, the only thing they can give you is your invoice you would then go to the bank to pay to TSA into the oh, bank, and okay. the money goes directly to the TSA to uh, to, to the government TSA. accounts. Yes. So, so the question of uh, middleman is cut out completely. Mm. Uh, it is. Uh, let, I should repeat this. It is illegal for anybody in Kaduna State and for Kaduna public servants uh, to pay in cash or for the civil servant to receive uh, cash. cash. So you know, if you, you are to, paying in cash, are you also penalized? Okay, go ahead. When you go to our hospitals, uh, uh, you have to pay uh, uh, through their pay points, their POS uh, in the place that go direct, uh, you pay it go to the government coffee uh, uh, immediately. There is no cash. Cash do not exchange hands in Kaduna State. It is illegal. Wow! So it's illegal to even pay cash at the hospitals. Yes, it is Ill- illegal. Interesting. You've spoken a lot about digitalization. Digitalization. Uh, how much of um, assistance have you got from that or has that had any impact on the results you're having critically uh, yes without uh, the digitalization uh, program that uh, we have uh, backed upon yeah. we will not be able to do some of the things that uh, we have done in Kaduna, in Kaduna State um, uh, you know for example the land uh, administration uh, if you go to most uh, some states, uh, there is land racketeering. Mm. But we have digitalized uh, uh, our land, uh, uh, we call it uh, uh, cages. 
Kaji's activities are described. Okay. So, uh, if you own a land, we, yeah. we know who owns the land. Mm. Uh, you will have your uh, uh, your CFO, and uh, you you will have your uh, your CFO. So we know who owns that land, and we know where that land is. So when we are uh, issuing a, a invoice, say for your grant rent, we know uh, we know where. Uh, to go to, we have the contact uh, details of the owner of that uh, land. Uh, also, as I mentioned, we have also, we also digitalize our uh, revenue collection uh, uh, process. Agent. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so even uh, online, you can uh, for the basic uh, for online. Through online, sorry, you can be able to pay your uh, to pay your taxes. And oh, okay. You get your 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 tax uh, your tax certificate. Uh, I see. Yes. Okay. So okay. digitalization has been instrumental. But but why why are other states and particularly the federal government struggling with this? Why is it so difficult if you've been able to do it in less than eight years? Well, the we have a, a, a governor who is a very visionary, committed uh, to what he's doing, and uh, he tried to surround himself with the best, uh, irrespective of their state's so-called state of of origin. Okay. Uh, for example, the the. Uh, our uh, our chief information uh, officer is from Anambra State, mm. right? Uh, uh, our interest is not where you come from; is what you are able to contribute uh, to the state. So, when we recruit people based on religion and sentiment. Mm. Then they don't have the capacity to be able uh, to drive a change ag- agenda. A Kaduna state um, that we, uh, we we don't do that. They we try that. to get the uh, uh, we try to get the best. Mm. Uh, that's what the governor has committed himself to. All right. And uh, uh, fortunately, uh, uh, it has yielded positive result okay i i know this I, I, is i invite you to come to kaduna all right uh, you uh, as you enter uh, uh, the city you will see things uh, for yourself nobody will tell you all right two two things i'm going to ask you all in one um first of all i know there's no political discussion we're looking at the economic impact and how uh, tapping from your experience your wealth of experience in africa and other places see how we could adapt that to nigeria but if we're talking about uh, the detravelized nature of the the governor your principal and you're talking about how a lot of people have come to his government to work and how this development is happening in kaduna then my listeners are wondering because we've had these questions on different programs that first of all why then do we have so much complaint at the beginning of his term that he's uh, favoring in terms of religion and tribe and stuff speaking against him then secondly 
Um, how are you doing this development in the midst of the insecurity and unrest that is happening in Cardena State? Yeah, the this thing is uh, uh, okay. Uh, recently, I read uh, something I think on Twitter. Okay. Uh, somebody tweeted that you see me, but you don't know me. Mm. Uh, uh, some people just uh, caricature the governor. He, he sleeps in their head uh, for free. Uh, they don't know him. Uh, I'm sure they don't even read what he writes. Uh, if you look at the major investment that have been attracted to the state under his administration, most of them are actually in Sata Kaduna. Oh, okay. okay? Yes. And uh, in, in the cabinet, we also have a, a considerable number of people from Saturn uh, Kaduna. The, dep uh, the two uh, deputy governors he has had so far, uh, 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 the first was uh, the now uh, late uh, Bantes, may his soul rest in peace, and the current uh, deputy uh, governor, uh, Dr. Hadiza uh, Balara uh, Rabi. Mm -hmm. She's from uh, Kaduna State. And let me just use it to bring this uh, to the table. Uh, when uh, she, she was nominated yes. as uh, 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 the governor running mate, yes. there was outcry that it's a Muslim-Muslim ticket. Nobody raised the question that or most people did not raise the question that let us have a gender balance in the ticket. Mm. The same thing is happening now. Uh, what is going on at the uh, in this current election circle, particularly at the presidential level, uh, people are uh, ejecting uh, that we should balance uh, religion, we should balance geopolitical zone. Uh, nobody, or most people, including uh, uh, women, and this should not be an agenda alone for women, have raised it that we should have a gender balance. If you, uh, uh, if, if you look at uh, gender representation, representation in government since uh, 1999, okay. it has declined consistently. We have not had a woman president we have not had a woman uh, Senate president. We have not had a woman governor. Mm. Um, but women constitute 50, at least 50% of the population. So, instead of praising the governor for uh, having a gender balance and if you come to our of our cabinet yes uh, i think about 40 percent are women 
are women. Yeah, I, I, I mean, you're pushing me to an area I wouldn't want us to go to, talking about politicizing, because if you're saying the gender balance, that is true, we need a gender balance, but then the question would be, couldn't we have got a Christian woman to balance that? But let's not go into all that discussion. Let's take this short break. When we come back, we'll look at uh, um, the, a tweet you did in August, and in that tweet you said that... Um, the vote is the most powerful instrument ever devised by man for breaking down injustice and destroying the terrible walls which imprison men because they are different from other men. And that was a quote by President Lyndon Baines Johnson, the 36th president of the USA. Uh, this post adorned your wall, your Twitter space on uh, the 1st of August. And my question is, if this were true, why hasn't this worked on us right here in Nigeria. But I'll expect you to respond to that when we come back from this break. This is Lagos Talks 91.3 FM and it's time for us to take this short, very short commercial break. We definitely, definitely will be right back. Saturday morning breakfast show. All right, so welcome back to the studio. This is Lagos Talks at 1.3 FM. The program is The Conversation. And know that you could be a part of this program simply by sending a WhatsApp message to our WhatsApp number 0809-234-5913. Take that again, 0809-234-5913. I have a message here from Lola who says, No, I disagree with your guests. In respect of civil servants, in case of Lagos, uh, is broadened and it might interest you that civil servants do fail and a query is issued for the third or fourth time. There are mechanisms in place and it's not only civil servants rules as well as other requirements such as global, new, um, okay, it's getting to be confusing. But I get what you're saying that in Lagos State, uh, civil servants do uh, seats for tests. But back to you, um Dr. Eddie Gagey, why are we not able to have that impact of the uh, election voting, as said by President Lyndon Baines Johnson? Uh, on Nigeria, what is our major problem? That our elections do not translate to development. Yes, uh, we have to start uh, answering that question by first, uh, let me pose a question. Do we have political parties in Nigeria? Do, do we have political parties in Nigeria? In, yes. Uh, political parties are, are supposed to be organizations mm. and people join the organization based on setting on a common objective and setting values. Uh, in Nigeria, what we seem to have is what I would call platforms for people to uh, assess power. Mm. Power for self-interest. So, as a consequence, um, uh, one of the things that every Nigerian knows, today I'm in PDP because uh, I was unable to get the PDP ticket. I joined APC the following morning. And if I did not get uh, if I did not get uh, APC ticket, I joined Labour Party. 
Hmm. And so that is a so so that is one problem. Then the issue of uh, eternal party democracy is also a missing variable. And members are basically uh, really do not have the influence or uh, to shape the direction of their party. Okay. The parties have been hijacked by godfathers. Uh, so you, uh, so uh, uh, in most of the states, uh, the parties are owned by individuals. So when that individual is unhappy, say with the national, he can he move with his so-called followers. With his structure. Uh, uh, with yeah, so-called structure. He moved with, with them to another uh, political party. And immediately he does that, he begins to sit in the highest decision making of the, of the new other party. party. Uh, he or she has joined. So that is a major crisis. Then another one is how do candidates of party emerge? Hmm. It is basically through Togre and what I call uh, the Nigerian god, which is the god of money. The our political system has been corrupted so much. The if, influence of money. So people actually buy, uh, buy the ticket rather than going to convince members of the party to say, please vote for me. I will mm. best represent you. Mm. And if members vote for you they are able to hold you accountable mm. but if what obtained in nigeria we have the ele- election circle you seen as time of harvest not only by politicians <laughs> but by uh, the voters themselves the members and, the, uh, <laughs> and the ordinary voters yeah then uh, we are not. Uh, we can't have a democracy. Okay, so let me ask you. Development. Okay, so let me ask you this before I let you go. Um, are we doing anything differently? Looking, uh, moving towards twenty twenty three elections. Are we doing anything differently as a nation, parties, individuals? Well, I, uh, I think we are not doing. Uh, there is nothing uh, very significant that we are doing uh, differently. From what we have done since uh, 1999, the only significant uh, or one of the few significant things that is different is uh, what INEC has introduced: the digitalization of its activities, and uh, that uh, election will be transmitted by results. Mm. So the and. Uh, through the digitalization, yeah. the, uh, what used to happen in the past, where uh, uh, somebody can just go to an area and mop up uh, the PVC and get this, uh, people that are loyal to him to use those PVC to vote, that era is gone. 
Yeah. Because yeah. Uh, uh, the digitalization, uh, your face, your fingerprint uh, have to match before you are allowed uh, to, uh, to vote. Okay. So now, and that is making the political class uh, jittery. So I think that's one of the few things that uh, ha have changed. All right. But we still have a long. Uh, a long way to, to go. go. All right. The, the, the next uh, administration uh, have his, it has its plate full with challenges that it will need to address. The mm. economy, as we all know, is in crisis. Uh, the revenue that uh, we are generating is not even enough to service debt. So it, uh, it will have to uh, put a strong economic policy and economic team in place to ensure that at least we produce what we consume and also diversify the sources of our um, uh, foreign ex exchange uh, earnings. But also to do that, we also need uh, it, there are two areas, service or one area, service that is uh, Co uh, consuming a lot of foreign exchange, mm. numbers of uh, of children of, uh, of 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 Nigerians uh, in uh, foreign schools, yeah. and so we have to pay uh, school fees in uh, foreign, mm -hmm. exchange. foreign exchange. I think, yes. uh, every year we spend about uh, six billion naira, uh, sorry dollars. Uh, that is one. That's a lot. Then another is. Um, is a uh, head tourism. Mm. Uh, so uh, All right. we need uh, to begin to invest in those two sectors. sectors. All right, uh, Dr. Edigeji, yes. thank you so much for this time. What we'll do is the conversation continues. Uh, we need What we want to do is to, beyond the politics of who is good and who is bad, we want to start reminding the people of who what they need to have in a leader. So the conversation with you will continue even as we get closer to election 2023. Thank you so much for the time and uh, do have a great day. Thank you so much, Kaude, uh, and thank you to, uh, to all the listeners. All right. And that was Dr. Omano Edigeji, the special uh, advisor, research and special program to the governor of Kaduna State as Governor Erufa. He's also a visiting associate professor of practice and uh, University of Johannesburg in South Africa and the author of the book, Nigeria, Democracy Without Development, How to Fix It. These are the kind of things you need to read and this is, this will improve our race. Now, the message here, let me read this before I get out of the studio, for uh, Adeomi Oshedi, which says, it says, John Legend, uh, it says from John Legend, many of you jump from one party to the other, even your Ashwaju is also among because he did not start with APC. Now, that's the challenge. We are talking about development in Nigeria and we're getting a text that is partisan. How do we balance this to make us think right as a people? Do have a great day. My name is Oluwakade. Follow me on all social media handles at I am I P O S U.